Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, just a quick reminder to use code FINDTHEMAGIC to receive $50 off any Gab wireless device, watches, phones. Let's keep our kids safe on tech as they go back to school, but also safe and aware of where they are. So again, that's Gab Wireless with code FINDTHEMAGIC. You can receive $50 off any device. Hey everybody, uh, it's Caitlin here and I'm going to start us off with our face palms and high fives and I have a high five. So we have something, so we've probably, I don't know, in the last four to five months, we started, it was kind of random how it happened, but we started doing a little family cheer every night. So like after we say, we say a little prayer, we'll do, we'll do a little scripture and chat and it felt like, it just felt like I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but sometimes the bedtime process kind of feels this like this whirlwind and we're mostly just trying to like get everybody ready really quick. So it kind of felt like some of the fun was a little bit, it was waning because it felt like we were just like, okay, pushing till the end of like, get them dressed, get them in there, like brush their teeth, do all this stuff. And so I think all of a sudden I was like, okay, let's just like end with a family cheer. And it was cute because it totally like revitalized the end of our bedtime routine because I think everybody's just a little bit tired at the end and so then the bedtime like the cheer was fun because it was like then at the end we all go and it's cute because Emmett who's three will he calls the cheer so it's like okay hands in and like everybody puts their hands in and even the baby who he actually turns one and well he turns one today which is fun (gasps) today Um, yeah today's his birthday isn't that crazy it's been a year um, but it's cute because like he knows too, like he'll put his little hand in on top and it's so cute. And you can tell when you look at his face, he's just like so jazzed. Like he knows that like something exciting is happening. And so like everybody puts their hands in and it's like, Gabriel's on three, one, two, three. And everybody shouts Gabriel's. And then we say, like, we are smart. We are kind. We are loving and brave. And then we say, we light up the dark and everybody goes, woo. And even the baby, like he'll like lift up his hands and it is so fun. So it's totally revitalized our bedtime like time. I feel like it's a good, like uniting thing. Emmett loves to do it. So anyway, it's just been a good high five. I feel like it's really working for us. So anyway, it's a good one. If anybody is interested, it's really easy to do and kids really love it. It's like one of those fun, like we're part of a, like we're part of a thing together. It's a good belonging thing. So it's been good. That's adorable. And I love how I was laughing because you were like, you know, sometimes bedtime, it's a little like not as fun or I think we're kind of tired sometimes at the end I'm like 
Yeah, every time. It's never fun. <laughs> so I'm just loving that sometimes it was fun bedtime. <laughs> It's funny because I feel like when I just had Emmett, because I would see, I would sometimes hear you guys say that, like, "Oh yeah, bedtime is kind of hard." But with just the one, it actually really was like a pretty good, like, like it was just a good, like we all connect, it was a good time. But then once I got the two, something changed, and it just became. I think then just like between the two, it was like this is just a lot. There's just a lot happening. Everybody feels like you know me and Cam are tired. The babies are tired. It was just a lot. So yeah, then it was like. I get what they're talking about now. This actually is kind of a really tiring part of the day. But so, yes, it's funny because I feel like at some point it changed. And I think it was when I went to multiple kids. That's when it changed for me. Yeah. I think like as I've had more kids, it's just like bedtime has to be shorter and shorter, like less things. I used to like be able to use bedtime as a time to be like, oh, I'll even like read to them then or anything. And I know that time is really good for some people, but I am so like, my brain is so mentally shut off by then. I'm just like, brush teeth, go pee, sleep. Okay. Can't do anything yeah. else at the bedtime time, but yeah, I can totally see that. Cause I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Just, just going from one to two, it was like, okay, we're going to concise this a little bit more because yeah. <laughs> we need that. Okay. Um, that's a good one. I like that. So I have a high five and we've talked about on here that we have like a diff, not a different, but there's energies in each season. And for me, I, al I always get like a simplifying, like cleaning out, figuring stuff out bug in the fall. And I, I get the cleaning bug in the spring just because it feels like your house has been like locked up all winter. But as far as like revamping systems, I always get it in the fall. And so I've been doing like a cleaning out of my house of stuff just in the last few weeks. And it's been, I'm not done, but I always feel like a big weight lifted every time I do a clean out. So that's my high five to purging. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, nice. nothing better than a good clean out. That's good. Well, my high five is that for the past three months, I've been healing from an injury and I took my first and I'm just barely easing back into some of the things that I used to do a lot of. And I just took my first aerial silks class and Lyra and Hannah class last week. So I've done my first aerials class in three months and I was worried that I'd be really scared. Like I thought I, I thought I was going to, my tastes were going to change and maybe I wouldn't like it anymore, but I am happy and relieved to say that it is not, I still love it, but I'm just way more cautious. Like, Oh my gosh. Like I am, I mean, I almost don't even recognize myself. I mean, I did a drop that I've done dozens of times before, but because it's been three months, I mean, I was with my daughter and I was like, I had her show it to me three times. I walked it several times. I got like a huge crash pad underneath me just to be safe. So I think the blessing of going through a healing process is that you, I mean, for me, the blessing is that I'm just a little more cautious, which I think for me is probably a good thing. I think I wasn't very cautious before I was, I felt a little invincible. And so 
although I am cautious, I am pleased to report that I still love it. <laughs> so Yay. I thought it, I was worried that it would ruin it for me, but it didn't. So anyway, so I'm feeling awesome. thrilled. Even my little baby ease into it. I'm feeling very thrilled about it. So Taryn, that's cool. I didn't know that you had started back up. So that's really exciting. I'm just excited. barely like, I mean, it's a slow startup. Like I'm not like diving in. I'm just dabbling. And seeing what, what feels good to my body and what my body can handle. So, Okay, well, today we are doing three listener questions that we we have so many good questions for you guys. So thank you. We love it when you leave your questions and reviews. You can DM us on Instagram. We, I mean, we just love them. So thank you for your questions. And it's interesting because we each chose one. And we, we actually chose ones that we want the answers to ourselves. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. But the question that I chose is about sleep. And this one is about younger children, but you know, it also applies to older kids too. So it says, I am still loving your podcast. Just wondering, have you done any episodes on nighttime wakings or how to deal with your children waking up in the night? How to set expectations for sleep for yourself as a mom? So that's the general, we got a lot of, we got a lot of slashes there. Nighttime wakings, how to deal with your children waking up in the night and how to set expectations for sleep for yourself as a mom. I feel like I can stay calm and respectful during the day, but at night I turn into a monster because I want and need my sleep. I currently have a nine month old and a two year old and I didn't realize how little sleep I would be getting. Oh baby. Yeah. (laughs) Even though they're not newborn anymore. Some nights are great and some nights I feel like I'm up all night. Any tips to staying calm and not feeling like you're going to fly off the handle? Do I just need to accept that I won't get normal sleep until all my kids have moved out of the house? Any and all advice for surviving the super tired and frustrating nights is welcome. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, I have a couple things here to say. One, I feel you. We all feel you. You're not alone. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, like in my bones, like I like viscerally am feeling this, feeling this mother is feeling. Second of all, she said that she keeps it together during the day, which is impressive. For me, I I actually feel like my patient's skin wears thin during the day when I don't get good sleep. So it's impressive that she's keeping it together during the day. So pat yourself on the back for that. And, but it's at nighttime that she feels that really frustrated feeling. So whenever you're feeling it, so for all you tired mothers and fathers out there, Whenever you're feeling it, it might catch up to you during the day or it might be in the middle of the night. And either way, wherever you're feeling it is okay. You just can feel it. But the question is, uh, so I, I only have two. I only have two things. First of all, I have that, you know, positive, pat yourself on the back for that. You're not alone. And my, my two tips are one, uh, so you can, it's important to set the framework as an intention, Right. So I am going to set aside this amount of time to sleep. And so you're still honoring the time frame. Now that's, I mean, for me, that's a huge, probably my biggest hard time with sleep. I just, at this stage in my life, I mean, I have older kids there. 13 is my oldest, six is my youngest. So there's actually sleeping through the night way better. I mean, I still get woken up in the night, but not as much as babies when you have a nine month old and a two year old. But for me, it's the setting aside the time, right? So that I think is important, even when you're, even when your kids are little, because when my babies were small, it was still like this feeling of like, I put them to bed and then I still wanted some time with my husband and I still wanted my morning time. 
And so it was kind of tricky to find, still set a time, aside a good amount of time for your own sleep. So starting with that, you start defining your success as, did I set aside the amount of time for myself? And if so, I'm going to intend that there's a rest time, right? So you're actually setting aside the time and then the success is that you set aside the time and then you're trying to be in bed, right? So just a little bit of a, just a little lens change there, I think helps a little bit. Like no matter how many times I get woken up, I've set aside this time. However, that does not take away the physical need of sleep. So that's, I mean, that's just one tiny outlook change. But then let's talk about what happens when you get woken up beyond your control. I mean, you know, you're doing what you can. You're, I mean, sometimes when you just have little kids, they're just waking up and they have nightmares and whatever. I mean, I could name 20 reasons why they're waking up randomly. So I'm not going to address specifically tools about how to help them not wake up because there's a lot of great information out there about that. I'm going to address just what to do when it happens. And that is, it's in the middle of the night, right? So you're so tired and you're so exhausted. My only tip is, in the t- in the moment, first of all, just give yourself grace. You're tired. Your kid's tired. And I would say just try to keep it as little stimulation as possible. So first, under that umbrella, don't turn on lights. No lights. Um, we can link our episode on blue light. I think that's a huge thing. Our kids get up and then we wake all the way up and we turn on lights. And it makes it just reinforces their waking up. So a good tip for that is some um, invest. They're, they're not very expensive on Amazon. You can get, and I'll, and I'll also link, there's a really, there's a couple really great companies. Blue Box is one of them that sells no blue light lights. So you can have whatever your kids are doing in the night. Cause there's not really specifics anymore. I'm assuming that nine month old is probably waking up wanting food. Sometimes the two year old, I don't know what they're waking up for, but just have some night lights like on the path that they're going to be on night lights. Then, um, the other one is, so look at your light, little stimulation as possible. So just try to not talk to them a ton. And then my last tip is, so that's just how to keep it calm in the middle of the night. I don't know. Cause sometimes again, I think we think a whole big thing is going to happen when they wake up. So we just try to have as little, little stimulation as possible, as little talking as possible, as little light as possible. And then my last tip is just to take naps take as many naps as you possibly can and don't feel guilty about it because honestly naps are how I survived. I feel like when my kids were of that age and yeah, you don't get as much stuff done, but your body and your mind is more healthy. So those are my tips. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think all those are really good. I think, um, the only things that I would add, cause I'm, I'm pretty close to this mother. <laughs> I'm like pretty close in that age range for kids. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, and yeah, man, like sleep, I feel like is the name of the game for me. Cause it does. I mean, sleep affects, I feel like that is probably the number one factor of my emotional well-being. Like I, I noticed the biggest difference in my emotional and mental health if I'm consistently like not getting enough quality sleep, which is hard with kids because we have not as much control over it. So I just want to reiterate like the, I just have a lot of empathy here. Um, but I think a few, so I feel like I've done a lot of 
listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of stuff um, about this kind of thing. Because I feel like, for me at least, it does seem to go through waves. Like sometimes it feels like everybody's sleeping pretty good. And then sometimes it feels like nobody's sleeping very good. And that's hard. So I feel like a few things that have at least helped me. Um, I listened to an episode and we can link it. I'll have to remember exactly, but it was actually a Janet Lansbury episode and she actually had a, a person come on. I think one of the interesting things with sleep is that there's so many different, there's so many different approaches. Everybody feels like their approach is the right one. But the hard thing is that it really kind of depends on your kid and it depends on you because something that might work for one mom and one kid is, might be different than for you. So, and, and people feel really strongly about it. So I think I do want to reiterate that too, is that I think sometimes with sleep, it can be hard to get to to feel really good about what you're doing because you're going to have different approaches that almost totally contradict. I think that's how I feel when I read sleep stuff. Cause sometimes it's like, you can let them cry it out, but then some people are like, no, that's the worst that, you know, like, so I think you just got to go with what really feels good to you and what's going to work. So I think, I think maybe all of us feel the same about this part, but one of the things that I really liked in this episode that I listened to from Janet Lansbury and she had like a sleep expert come on is that, Number one, because it's also about holding boundaries for yourself and for your kid. Because as we know, they're going to be happier if they're sleeping better. And you're going to be happier if you're all sleeping. Everybody's going to feel better about that. So when I think about it, I do like to think about it in terms of like holding a boundary. So say with my, he was two and three, like going into three, I think when we were having more night wakings than normal. And one of the things that I liked is she just said, and kind of going with what Terrell said, less stimuli. So like, have a, have a line that you're going to say, because it's like, I think it's also hard when you're both just tired and groggy and nobody's thinking straight. So it's like, have something where it's like, and if you know that it's like, they're going to be asking for water or maybe they need to go to the bathroom or whatever it is. It's like, know those three things that it's like, these are the things that I can help with. So it's like, if it's a water bottle, make sure they have a water bottle nearby that either you can help them with, or make sure that like, you know, the direct path to the bathroom or whatever it is, like know what those things are or if it's a bad dream, then you have like your one line of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, this is what we do. And you just like make it happen. So then you're taking out the decision fatigue when you're tired of like, okay, you need water. Well, let me go downstairs and get some water. I don't know. So that was something good that it's like, whatever, if it's the same thing that they're waking up, which oftentimes it feels like it can be like they're waking up for something. And sometimes it's just, they're just waking up with, with Emmett. It felt like he would just wake up and it wasn't even necessarily that he was asking for anything. He would just kind of wake up and cry. We'd give it a few minutes. And then if it continued, Cam would usually go in. But sometimes it's just like, go in, you can say a one-liner of like, I hear you that you're crying. Like I'm here. And then, but it's not necessarily that you have to stay in there and like keep doing something. If it is just that they're waking up and you feel like you want to go in to just like acknowledge them, then you can do it and then say, okay. And I think something that helps me is like, okay, like now I'm going to, I'm going to go now. And like, it's okay if you feel sad about that, but like, I'm going to go now because it's still bedtime. And that was like the saying. So like whatever, it doesn't have to be the same words, but it's just like the one liner. And honestly, just like having like the one line of like, okay, like I hear you, I'm going to go now. And like, it's okay if you feel sad about that, but I'm going to go. And oftentimes he would, he might just like fuss for a minute but then like he would go back to sleep and eventually he just stopped waking up. That was with the, the two to three year old. And I just like, I think like if you have some things lined up before the night starts, when those night wakings happen, sometimes it's nice of just like takes out the decision fatigue. You have a one liner that you're going to say, and then you do hold the boundary of like, okay, now I'm going to go back to bed 
and like they might cry and that's okay because like they will eventually go back to sleep and you can too and the hope is that after time they do just like realize okay this isn't going to be a big ordeal when I wake up it's just like a quick we just get it done and hopefully then they just stop waking up which did happen with us but again I also realized it kind of happens with cycles because sometimes they wake up they wake up when they're growing when they're going through developmental things when changes are happening so I also admit I feel like right now I'm in a good stage but I do think it goes in waves so that's at least for me something that does help another thing that did help me with the night wakings thing that I had read this is actually from like my doctor's office but um like night wakings do happen especially with those older kids when they don't have like a consistent schedule so like maybe if they're not going to bed so these are just something to look at maybe this is already something that you're doing but like making sure that you do have a little bit more of a routine that can actually help with night wakings just like taking a look at it like is my routine pretty normal and are we kind of going to bed around the same time because that can be that can be something that fixes it so those are a couple of my thoughts with it and I think with babies um I was actually just telling you guys about this before but Like with babies, it is hard because it's like finding that balance of, I think something that helped me was my doctor. And I think me and Felicia have the same pediatrician, but something that he told me was like, after six months, he was like, if your baby's still waking up, it's not necessarily that nutrit, like nutritionally that he needs food. Cause I was kind of like, well, maybe he's waking up because he's hungry. Like he needs the food, but he's like, nutritionally, he actually is like getting enough calories during the day that he shouldn't need it for that reason. So that actually gave me some peace of mind. And again, with the baby, I think like after that time, I, something that did help me was just like I did, like I would maybe go in, like talk to him and just say like, I hear, I hear that you're sad and like put my hand on him. And then I would say like, okay, like, and I would make sure that he wasn't wet. Cause like, I didn't, I would be nervous that he was wet or something. And then I just like, okay, like I'm going to let you go back to sleep and I'm going to go back to sleep. And honestly, it was maybe like one or two nights of that. And, and now he, like, for the most part, he is pretty good at sleeping, but that's not to say sometimes we do have night waking. So again, for me, those are some things that have helped is just knowing that they will happen. It is normal. And then holding those boundaries for yourself and for your kids, because you'll both be happier in the morning. So that's, I don't know, that's something that helps me with the approach of it. Yeah. I love Caitlin that you mentioned that what our pediatrician has also said to me, because I just think we need to be wary. And also I'm saying this when it comes to, you know, whatever we say here on the podcast. And we try to let you guys know, like, this is all about starting a conversation and then doing what feels good in your gut, because there's so many in quotes experts on things, especially things like sleep for babies. And, um, I think sometimes it can just make us feel like we're doing stuff wrong or make us feel guilty or make us feel more worried than we need to be. And so I would just say with your baby's sleep, I'm not, obviously we don't have more context to this question, but just really trusting your instincts and not guilting yourself if you're feeling like, oh, I need to be waking up every single time my baby moves or fusses or they might need to nurse or need milk or whatever, just really, you might still make those decisions, but taking a step back and, and realizing, you know, your baby best and looking at your baby and thinking, are they really hungry? Like, I know I'm her mother. So, or his mother. So 
Anyways, I like what Caitlin said about that. My only other thing that I would, well, I would add two more things. One, if you can have a conversation with your, I don't know if they're more like a two-year-old or more like a three-year-old, like how old of a two-year-old they are. Because if my just two-year-old would not understand this, but as your kids move into the three and four-year-old, I feel like that can be a really tricky time for sleep. My four-year-old is not great at the sleep thing as far as like staying in bed and he comes in in the night. And I feel like every, you know, few weeks I have this talk with him of like, I need sleep and you need sleep for us to have a peaceful relationship in the day and for us to have the ability to have this fun, loving, connecting day for you to have energy to play with your friends, all those things. And if you're continually waking up at night, I can't support you in that and you're going to be grumpy. And I feel like as my kids have gotten older, those talks have resonated with them because kids don't quite, they have no concept of like that parents need that energy for the day. They really just don't obviously know that. So I think having that conversation is helpful as they get older. And then the last thing I would add is <clears throat> um, just if you do, if you are, if you do have a partner, I don't know if you're married or like this question doesn't um, allude to that. But if you, if you do have someone there at night with you, uh, you know, your kid's dad or your husband or someone, um, just if they aren't helping you in the night, I would encourage you to ask for that help. I think sometimes as moms, we think we need to carry the burden of the nighttime wakings. But like, whether you have a job or your job is parenting, like being a mom, it's not just being a mom, like being awake all day with these kids that allow you no respite is as hard as going to a job. And I think sometimes um, if we're like in a traditional relationship where the our husbands are working um it can like feel like this false narrative of well I have to go to work so I can't wake up at night and this might be controversial but I just think that is not fair <laughs> to anyone involved being a parent is as hard as going to a job pending you're like a brain surgeon if you fall asleep like there's I know there's circumstances but besides those your partner can wake up in the night. And I think that it's okay to ask for that help from them, especially if you're in a time where you're really struggling, your mental health is struggling. You're not being able to get those naps in the day because we can't always do that because of circumstances. So I would just encourage you to ask for help if that's something that's really weighing on you in the night. And I know, I, I feel like Caitlin and Cam, you guys do a really good job of taking turns in the night with the babies I think it's really yeah no I think that's a really good point though because I think sometimes it's like yeah yeah so I think it's just good to be able to be open with your partner and, and figuring out how that's going to look best because it's true like there are definitely times Cam is super helpful during the night and sometimes it's like yeah since like I usually do the baby because I'm like nursing and Cam usually like if Emmett wakes up, usually it's Cam. And if one of us is sick, obviously the other one takes over. But yeah, so I think it's just really good. And again, I think it's one of those things where it might look different for every person. So I think I do want to reiterate, I think that's the one thing in parenting. I think sometimes 
you hear or you read something and it's like, oh, okay, well that must just be the right way to do it because that feels like, but sometimes, yeah, you've just got to, you've got to figure out what works best for you and what really resonates. Right. And I think sleep is definitely one of those things because it, I don't know, it feels like a really personal thing. So I don't know. It's a good question. It's a really good question. And Brene Brown has this thing that she does with her husband. They like check in after like the school time with each other and give like a percentage. Like they'll be like, I've got 10% tonight. Like that's all I can give. And it's just like a check-in with the, with your spouse of, or your partner of like, this is where I'm at with energy. I'm going to need more help. Whichever one of you might need more assistance in the night. I think that's a really good like practice just to be like, I'm burnt out. I can't do this tonight. And just asking for help. Totally. Totally. Okay. So our next question is, um, can you talk about connection with kids once they're back in school when you're not getting as much time with them? And this question was just like blinking at me because, gosh, I feel this so much. Like your kids, when they wake up, you're just getting them ready for school and they go to school and they're there all day. School is so long. Who invented this? And then they are out of school and they're going to different activities or they want to play with their friends. And then it's basically eat and go to bed. I'm like, when do I hang out with my kids and like see them and actually get to be with them and connect with them? So I have this question here and I have no answer because I feel like it's really... I like miss my kids right now. <laughs> I need, and I know, I know one-on-one dates, but what? That's like once a month. I need more than that. I need a better answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I like this question because it is, yeah, exactly the stage of life I'm at. I think sometimes of when I had them all at my house and none of them were going to school. And even for the few years that I homeschooled, I got the same treat, right? Where I, just got them to myself so much. So I'm definitely feeling that because all my kids are, (laughs) they're all in school in some varying degree right now. And so as I've been thinking about that question, these are things that come up for me. One, mornings. I have changed my mornings this year to my morning workouts. I've just done shorter. So, I mean, I felt like last year I was like, going longer with my morning workout and then I didn't have as much time with them in the morning. But this year, I mean, I've actually, my morning workouts, I come home a full hour earlier than I used to come home. And it's huge because mornings are the one time that like they can't be anywhere. Right. So, so that has been a game changer for me, Felicia. And I have to, and for any of you out there, do your kids wake up that early? Um, yeah, like like an hour before school. Okay. My kids wake up like so if they're leaving 10 minutes before school. <laughs> they wake up 10 minutes before school? They wake up at about 8. Oh, nice. Yeah. My kids get up. They get up at 7 and they do their chores and their music practice. And then 7.30. So I come, I've started coming home earlier so I can see my junior high, you know, kid. And then, then yeah. So then we, then together, then we eat breakfast together, which is such a treat to eat breakfast together. And then we do our essentials all together before they go and we read. So that this year for me, I'm going to been in school for like two weeks and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had forgotten because I had done it. I had done that before. And then I feel like, I feel like last year 
was my first year that I kind of like started pushing that boundary and now I'm back and for me the morning time is like oh my gosh this is what it's like to have this like really beautiful connecting time with them before school so that has turned into me for me with this huge opportunity for they can't be anywhere else so we shoot to be ready for school like a half an hour before and then we do our essentials and we read and we just have this lovely like connecting sometimes we're sometimes we're finishing at breakfast at that time too but then that last half an hour is just connecting so that's my first thought that for me again it's what I used to always do but then last year I didn't and this year I'm doing it again and I'm like oh my gosh I forgot I forgot how good this is before school because then we're all leaving for school from this place of what do you wake them up or you're saying they already wake up that early no they have alarms oh yeah in the summertime I can't imagine making my little kids up on purpose Like, I just, I feel like I'm in this, like, weird stage where, like, they're so tired at that time. Like, I love that idea. I think it sounds, like, so nice. But I'm, like, I feel like they're already so tired from all the stuff they do. Yeah. And it just is going to bed earlier. I mean, it just, for me, it just, it just starts it out with connection. And it makes so they don't have, like, their chore and their music. They never do it after school. Like, if they don't do it in the morning, it just doesn't happen, right? I'm really so. just trying to get to the practical nitty-gritty. So, my kids go to bed at about 7.30 or 8. And they're literally, like, almost sleeping until, like, till 8. They're so tired. So, I'm just, mm-hmm. like, asking questions. This is my situation, but I'm sure people have this where would you – I know you're not an expert, but would you still wake your kids – up or would you sacrifice that sleep for that? I guess what I'm saying. Hmm. That's a good question because I've always, well, so for me, it's a half, so it's a half an hour change from what they normally do because I mean, for me to get them fed and dressed and stuff, I don't think we could do it in less than a half an hour and get all their stuff without a feeling rushed and do our essentials. So it's really just that extra half an hour. And for me, the extra half an hour is worth it in sleep but also if I felt like they were dragging during the day or if they didn't see like they seem like they're fine restful wise but if they didn't feel like that then yeah then I think I'd really have to weigh it out so maybe there's not a right answer for that it's probably just whatever works for me with my kids they seem like they they don't they're not like in the morning like oh my gosh you know what I mean like they seem okay Mm -hmm. and during the day they seem fine like none of them are getting sleepy during the day and then they'll go to bed fine at night so for me the amount of sleep they're getting feels good to me and like on paper it looks good but I think for everybody as individual kids if it's not for me a half an hour that half an hour makes a huge difference on connection and what I how I want the morning to look so it's worth it for me Mm -hmm. but that being said it's also it's like it's working so if it wasn't working then I think my answer would be different right like if I was like oh my gosh they're dragging they're being emotional because they're sleep deprived or if even the number of hours that they were getting wasn't enough, then I'd be like, oh, this is a problem. But they're, I mean, they're getting lots. They're getting like within the realm of what's normal on the little sleep chart and they don't seem to be tired. So I feel good about that for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, that being said, I think it's totally individual. So that's my, that's my first thing is just how can we reconnect in the mornings? For me, that's been huge in the past and I'm remembering now how big of a deal it was for me now. That's my first one. And the second one, in the evenings, I feel that. Like, I feel that morning feeling of, 
And sorry, guys, my kids, can you hear? They let the cat, there's a cat outside my closet and it's meowing because it wants to get in. I'm sorry if you guys can hear it. But my kids are awake, as you can hear around our house. But um, the second one is I feel that morning and the evening. I really feel it. So for me, what it looks like is when we plan our week, we plan the dinners that we're going to eat together. And that isn't every night. It's most nights. But sometimes we have to adjust the dinner time. So for example, on Tuesdays, we have this like 45 minute window and it's a different time than usual, but we know, okay, this is when we're eating dinner together. And so dinner time, moving dinner time has helped me as my kids have gotten bigger, still finding connection time to eat together. And then the last time for me for connection is bedtime. It's kind of like when we talk, you know, with little babies using that connection time during diaper changes and stuff. I feel like I just really am like leaning into the whole bedtime. We do our bedtime routine and it probably takes a little longer than it should, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Felicia, I just feel you because I feel like I do. I feel like this feeling of just missing them and missing that connection. So those are my three, those are my three times. Cause I feel like there's a lot of other times where it's like, yeah, I want them to have the experience of playing with their friends and I want them to have the experience of pursuing the things that they love to pursue And so because I also want those things, those are my three times. Morning, change our dinner time around, and I just really lean into the bedtime snuggle routine. We read our books. We And at dinner time, another thing that I just – at dinner time, I try to do it, but I try to make sure that when every kid tells about their day, I try to make sure I'm not, like, doing anything prepping food-wise at that point. Like, it's, like, actually looking at them. And that also has made a big difference because I have found my kids, I noticed this this week, one of them was telling a story and I was doing something else and they just kind of stopped halfway. Like they didn't feel like I was giving them attention. And if I want to connect with them, that's a, that's a goal that's helped me is if I actually like look at them while they're telling me a story about school. Cause I, since I don't see them since they're at school, I feel like if they're sharing something with me, I really want to hear it. And it's just so much less time than it was in the summer. So anyway, I'm feeling that feeling you hundred percent. Those are the only things I have. Other than, honestly, like, there's other more extreme things, like, well, anyway, that's all I have. What about you guys? Well, I just have some questions, because, again, I'm so not in this stage of life. I'm more just going off of my my childhood and adolescent time and, like, what was done then. But that's the thing. Again, I feel like this is one of those things where it's, like, every person's... Because, Terrilyn, I feel like your kids are just slightly older, whereas... Felicia, you're kind of like at the younger end of having a couple kids in school and you still have a couple kids at home. Whereas Terrell, you're kind of like segueing out of kids. So I'm, I am kind of interested. I do have some questions like Felicia, do you feel like for, cause you know, you have your oldest are at the younger end of um, elementary. Do you feel like there is, cause I know that they do have some extracurricular stuff. Do you feel like there is still like some time when they get home to do like after school snack or something? Or is it like they get home, they're off playing with friends. It's kind of like, they're just so my kids the boys the ones that are in first second and first they walk home and where we live in our neighborhood like all the kids walk home with them which is it's cute I love that they walk home and they honestly have so much energy that like they could walk 25 miles after school and still want to play so like it's a good like energy getting it out from sitting all day time for them but they walk home and then like all the kids are like playing. So I don't really see them after school. Like everyone's just playing. And I've thought about taking that away and I might, but that's like kind of hard because they 
have been cooped all day. So they want to play with their friends after school. They want to get that energy out outside and blah, blah. And so they walk home and then, yeah, if we do have like a extracurricular after school, you know, we'll have 30 minutes of like get a snack and like get ready and drive there. And then they're there. And like I was kind of saying, they're so like, go, go, go that they're, you know, we have, we eat dinner together every single night. Cause my kids right now, they don't have like Terlin, you have nights where they overlap your extracurriculars. But right now, cause we just have two, we have space to have dinner together every night, but it's like, I think I'm coming off of having all little kids where I'm together with them all day. And so to say like, basically two hours a day is how much time I spend with them. I'm like feeling like I'm like grasping, like, I never see you. I don't even know you. <laughs> like yeah. if you have those times, it feels so little, it feels so small. So maybe I'm just in a morning phase of like, this is how it's going to be, but I'm just not used to it yet. <laughs> no, that's interesting. I'm like, I'm so interesting. Cause again, I'm so not in that stage yet. So it's, it's interesting to think about. Cause I can't imagine. I mean, I'm literally with them all day every day so yeah that's so interesting and I have um, the other side of the I am exhausted because I have a four-year-old and a babe a two-year-old at home so like I'm the double yeah. whammy of like I'm really tired and I'm still like doing baby stuff all day and like constantly cleaning constantly taking care of little kids plus the running around so I think it's that too that I'm not like yeah. ever feeling like refreshed by being with my kids either I'm more just like grasping for the connection, even though I'm tired from the babies. So, yeah, totally. That's interesting. Well, I have a couple thoughts. Not that I know anything as a parenting. It's more like I was actually just thinking about this recently, just just because more of my growing up. Because I was thinking, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but um, Felicia, I actually think you just sent me an article and I read this, but I do like. Like, I do think, again, life, life in general, and but it sounds like especially with kids and especially when your kids are getting into stuff, I feel like it's very easy for it to just like, it just fills up. And I think that's just like normal for life. So it is hard. And I do feel like it's, and especially when your kids are want, like, it's like, it's all things that they want to do. It's not even necessarily that you're pushing them into it. It's just, these are just fun things. And that's what they're like, they're into it and they're loving it. And so you want to do it. So I'm sure that is like an interesting stage that I'm, I am not to, and I'm sure it will be an interesting time to navigate. I do think like a couple thoughts that I have is because at least for me, I think about growing up and I do feel like connection comes both. Cause I think a lot of times we talk about quality time, which is so important. Cause it's like, yeah, sometimes like, and we, and I think about this where it's like half-hearted attention all day is not as good as like having a wholehearted attention like when you're there. So it's like when we talk about the diaper changes or like those care things, then when you have older kids where it's like, okay, this is our time that we're together and like, we're going to do quality time. So I do think that there is for sure truth in that. And like being wholehearted for sure, like at, like when you are going to be there, choose to be there. So I do think there's like power in that, but I was also thinking about this. And and again, I think this is going to look differently for every person because depending on the number of kids you have, depending on the stages of life that they're in, um, But I think some thoughts that I have had is like, do we, 
because I was thinking about it, like, I, I even think about this with my relationship with Cam, but, like, I also think that there's this element of, like, quantity time, too, with our kids, where it's, like, I think I remember this as a kid, like, sometimes I might have something that I wanted to talk about with my parents, but, like, if I only had, like, a certain amount of time with them where it's, like, okay, well, I only have this time, I might not, like, open up about something in that amount of time. So I do think there's an element of, like, the quantity time, especially with kids, is so important because it's like only after we've been with them for a little while of just maybe doing nothing where it's just like they're just around us then finally like they can open up about something because it's just they just kind of needed that time and I do think at least for me I know mom was really like my mom was really good at like she did have that after school snack time and and it wasn't like I opened up right then like as soon as I got home but like after the time of just like eating decompressing like doing that then I feel like I was able to like talk about something that happened at school. So I don't know. I think there's an element there of like being intentional about, yeah, we have the quality time, but then also letting there be some quantity time and it might, it might be taking out something else. So I don't know. I think that's just a thought. And I know it's easy for me to say, cause I also, I don't have kids in that stage and it is going to look differently, but I think about growing up and I think there is this element of like having that quantity time that might not always be filled up with the perfect quantity did allow me to then have the time to like then open up about things that were really important to me. So I was grateful that like, at least with my mom, there were those times set aside where it was like, okay, that like after school we have a snack and I know there's going to be some time where like I can decompress and then talk about something. Or at night we also had like the hot tub. That was like a time where oftentimes we'd get in and time would go by and then eventually like I would talk about something. So I don't know. Those are some thoughts of like, and I think you guys both, it sounds like you do a good job of that. And I think I'm just thinking those are some things. I don't know. It's just some thoughts that I have about it, you know? Well, I have three questions. One, do I tranquilize my kids so they stop moving? That would be a good <laughs> first step to connection. I want someone who has older, like, boys who are just like like I hear these stories of like girls wanting to sit and just like talk to their moms for hours that is not my experience with my boys <laughs> yeah I'm so glad two, do I just homeschool that always comes in my mind and Terlyn and I talk about this and I'm mostly thinking no because it's really hard but there is like when you start going down that like path of realizing I don't know you start like researching it and it it does start to make you feel like wow they have so much like even my boys you know they'll be in like one activity maybe two if they cross over for a minute and it feels like a lot like you feel like as a parent you're being responsible about it by by limiting the things but it just feels like a lot already so it's just an interesting hard conversation (laughs) and having homeschooled before I mean as you were talking that's like in all the homeschooling communities that I was a part of I mean that's what they'd say over and over is there is another way right like we we don't have to just see our kids for two hours a day we can see them for more and even our extracurricular activities like I mean if you're feeling that way the answer I mean the answer could be you know what we're not doing any of these things right the challenge is I mean I feel like going into parenting, I was like, I am never going to be the overscheduled parent ever, ever, ever. My kids are not going to be overscheduled. Simplicity parenting all the way. And now here I am with my kids who legitimately love things and have gifts that they want to grow. 
And I look at like how those things enrich my own life and I don't want to stop, you know what I mean? I don't want to keep them from that. I mean, they're not even extreme. They're doing a very moderate amount. Like none of them are like extreme in any of their sports, right? Like they're all just, you know, they do a moderate amount, but yes, it adds up Felicia. You're right. Just doing little bits, moderate amounts. It, it feels like a lot. And I do feel like it feels like it's too much. And I don't know, but what do you, I mean, do you tell only, we're going to have only one child do one thing at a time and all of you, the rest of you can't right now. Like, that's how it feels to me. Like, I know it's a choice. I know that it's not a have to. And yet when I look at it, I'm like, but I want them to be able to play that thing that they want to play. I do. I want that for them. Yeah. And so then it does become a choice. And so I guess what I'm saying is we, we can take off the framework of none of these things we have to do. We can really we have the option for all of them, including school. We can do homeschool instead. But those are all choices. And so for me, it's like, because I'm not, uh, I'm not choosing homeschool right now for a variety of reasons. And I do say yes to the, you know what I mean? They all have a thing. Sometimes you have an overlap of two. Yeah, it does. It just feels like a lot. But I guess I'm just saying for all you parents listening, there is always, there are always other options if it is feeling like it's way too much there's lots of good options and there's so many cool I mean when I did homeschool there's so many fabulous support systems out there for you so and I mean, it's not for everybody definitely but I mean for me just when I did it like it was it was for me it was a lot it was a lot a lot and so I'm I'm pleased with our schooling choices right now going to school but it does make you don't see them as much and that's a really hard part I think it's worth noting too like there is a, like, I'm just thinking of my childhood and there is like a privilege to even be in a situation to wonder about making that choice. So mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge that in this conversation, this is like a very like privileged problem and yes. that we recognize that for sure. Yes, um, definitely. Just being able to do extracurricular activities is a huge, yeah, like right. choose if you you're want. Right. For a lot of people, it's not even a choice. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have one more great question, um, but we really dove into these, and I feel like to give this next one justice, we should we should save this guy for another episode. So yeah. again, if it's you, worth it, it's worth it. So if you have um, any listener questions, please leave us a review with those that helps us and hopefully we can help you and, or you can DM us on Instagram as well. All right, guys. And can I just say, yeah. can I add just one thing to what you just said, Felicia? I just felt like this feeling of when you just talked about privilege, I just want to say that, yes, talking about extra, extracurricular activities is just, I mean, I know you want our kids to feel that, right? That this is truly a privilege to be able to, that we're even having this conversation of what talent would you like to develop here? You know, (laughs) I mean, that's huge that a lot of kids don't even get that chance. And I think that's an important thing to recognize. And I also just want to recognize as we're talking about this, we're talking about time, this precious, beautiful thing. And we didn't even mention that there are a lot of you out there, tons of you who maybe you're working nights, you're working evenings, you're working full days. So when you get home, you're feeling like you're, there's probably part of this conversation that you were like, oh my gosh, 
That is not even, I mean, how are you guys even talking about this? Mm -hmm. So what, you only get to see your kids for this amount of time? Like, I don't, and it's not a choice. So, I say not a choice. It's, it is a choice in a, like, from a place of necessity, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I just also want to just acknowledge that, that whatever your current situation is, I think that there is possibility for beautiful connection, regardless of whatever your schedule is. And I think that's kind of the challenge of parenting, right? To find a way in what you're doing with your work schedule, with your kids' schedules, how can you find that place of connection? And I, and I do truly believe that in any situation, there is room and space for connection. And I do think you can make it the right amount. Like there's no, this isn't like a guilt situation. It's, I think you can make it the right amount of connection for you and for your children with intention. I think that's fully possible. So I think this whole, this whole last conversation, I'm now feeling, I'm feeling that feeling of, I just want you guys all to know whatever situation you're in, regardless of what, whatever your economic status is, your work status, whatever, that there is space and room for connection. And we've seen it from people who have become adults now and have talked about their childhood that every, every circumstance there's space for connection, even if it's your and I actually just heard the 16 year old just a few weeks ago, he was talking about his mom had to go to work at like 4:30 in the morning, had to ride a bus. So they had to do this weird thing where they like would ride the bus together and then she dropped him off at daycare and that bus ride, cause they didn't have a car, that bus ride ends up being one of his favorite memories of childhood, this 30 minute bus ride way early in the morning. So even the situations where you're like, this is a really hard situation, there's still room for beautiful ways of connection. And what that looks like is being present when you're with them, right? Mm -hmm. And putting down our devices that take us away from them during those times. So yeah, wherever your situation is, you can do it. And connection is accessible to everybody. Totally. And it makes me think of um, a lot of parents who are working outside of the home. I see them being brilliant at connection because their time is a lot of the times less, so they don't take it for granted. And I think mm -hmm. that's like something to learn from as well. Like what you're saying with the bus ride, it's like those opportunities, like not to take them for granted, the ride to school or, you know, when your kid calls you and needs something like what we always talk about, just remembering those little moments. And then also to Caitlin's point, like questioning everything that you're choosing to do that takes time not meaning that you're going to change it but making sure that you're not missing out on opportunities for a, a more quantity of time with your kids as well that's really good all right guys Woo, toughies let's find the magic <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>